the Rise and Shine Talk Show with Lady C, where we uplift, educate, and motivate. Let's talk about life and faith, ministry, community, and so much more. I am Lady C, your host. Family, be sure to follow, like, and share Rise and Shine with Lady C on Facebook and Instagram. And the Rise and Shine Talk Show with Lady C is available on podcast. Thank you for joining me every week right here on 1580thepraise.com. This episode is dedicated to the beautiful Ciafrio Benson, an amazing creative soul and beautiful daughter who loves, supports, and cheers her mother on every step of the way. And this is dedicated to every survivor who has survived every obstacle in life. Family, Today's conversation and content is about sexual abuse and may be emotionally challenging and triggering. My purpose is for hope and healing and a greater awareness to protect our babies. Be sure to listen to this privately and make sure that your children's ears are protected due to this adult and sensitive conversation. Today's episode is part one of The Master's Peace. Again, the purpose is for hope and healing and to bring awareness to the body of Christ. Many of us are suffering in silence in the pews, including leaders, pastors, bishops, or whatever your title may be. Someone has an untold story. Today, we have the anointed Pastor Sylvia Benson to talk about her life and her memoir, The Master's Peace. Family, it is my utmost honor and pleasure to introduce and present none other than the beautiful, powerful, and anointed Pastor Sylvia Benson. Welcome to the show, Pastor Sylvia. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Lady C. We appreciate you and taking this time to have me on your show. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It is my pleasure. Um, September 16th, 2022 was your book release and dinner. And it was an amazing event. Um, I had the pleasure of sitting with um, at my table, Apostle um, Anita Dawson, Pastor Stephanie Meredith and Elder Cynthia Neal. We just had a wonderful time. Love was in the air. The food was delicious, but we were in for a surprising shock. Um, Pastor Sylvia, you were born and raised in the apostolic original Holy Church of God, founded by your grandfather. You were saved at 11 years old. You adored God and loved worshiping God and attending church. God had given you an anointed gift to sing. You had a loving, nurturing, and supportive family, but something was missing. Pastor Please share your story when you were 15 years old and what it was that you endured for seven years. Okay, thank you so much for this time. Um, I love how you started out with something was missing uh, during that time of, of being raised in church. All I knew was church and Jesus and singing. And so uh, uh, I did, but I did not know my biological father. Uh, my grandfather was a father figure for me all those years, and um, it was actually one of my friends in school uh, that I was talking to when she asked me about, you know, why I never spoke about a father figure, and um, I told her that I didn't know my father, and so it was actually her that sort of incited the fire to uh, asked my mom what his name was, and because uh, uh, to be honest, I really 
if I did think about it, I didn't meditate on it long, so I wasn't even interested in knowing what his name was, but she lit that fire in me to ask, and so I did ask, and my mother told me his name, and uh, when she told me his name, I went back and told my friend um, his name, and in my surprise, she knew him. Uh, wow. He uh, went to his family's church, and I just was blown away uh, how it all evolved so quickly. So long story short, uh, she got in touch with her pastor because her pastor was my father's aunt. Mm. And so she went to church, talked to her pastor, told her pastor about me, and told her pastor who my father was, which was her nephew, and that was how we originally connected. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So then what began to transpire after, you know, you were connected with your um, your biological father? Uh, once uh, my mom allowed him to call and he came to visit me, I had never seen him, he had never seen me. Um, I always looked older than my age, and so, of course, my mom, I was the oldest out of seven children, so I had little siblings, and so when he met me, he thought that I had had some children because I was the oldest of seven, so mm -hmm. the youngest one stayed around me a lot, and I told him no, that they were my siblings, and long story short, in a matter of a few months, I went to live with him. I actually ran away, <laughs> well, I was planning to run away from home to live with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, once my mother found out that I was going to run away, she released me to go live with him. Uh, and, of course, me expecting uh, to be uh, spoiled. And mm -hmm. since I was the oldest of seven here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, I thought, okay, it's my time to be a kid and yeah. to be spoiled. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew I wasn't the only child where he was at, but I still thought, okay, a different life. Uh, uh, my daddy would get to spoil me uh, in the works. And so uh, the spoiling uh, took a major turn. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was your desire to have that connection and to be um, a daddy's girl. Yes. Yes. And yes. that's something that we all want to be the apple of our, you know, father's eye, our yes. natural father, you know? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. It's just, you know, I, I just believe that's something that God put in us, you know, to have the uh, the uh, the Father's approval, yeah. mm -hmm. the Father's acceptance. And we love our mothers. We definitely yes. would never throw mothers away. But, it, you know, the Father's side is a major role as well. Amen. And, yeah, so we definitely look for that acceptance, that mm -hmm. approval, yes. that validation from that father yes absolutely and it's needed and we, we need that you know mm -hmm. so then um what began to transpire you know after you relocated from columbus and then you began living with your um with your father in the household um well it actually sort of started before i moved there uh whereas he uh began to make sexual advances towards me uh in the form of kissing 
But I thought that it was just because we had just met and we were mm-hmm. excited and he was excited. So although it bothered me, I overlooked it and said, oh, this is going to wean off. It's just new, right. you know, where he would kiss me in the mouth, you know. And But uh, as it continued on, once I got there, it uh, aggressively moved forward very quickly. Um, he initially raped me. Uh, and then it continued into a relationship. I became, uh, he had a harem. He had always had more than one wife. Mm. And uh, I became one of his wives. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So earlier on, when you initially began um, connecting with him, it, it sound it appeared that he had began the grooming process. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And which I was, like I said, I was aware of, but I wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I shook it off as, okay, you know, it's just excited to see. Like I said, I always looked older, and it would start off as a little peck on the lips, you know, a little kiss on the lips, you mm-hmm. know. And then each time it continued to uh, grow in stages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things, um, Pastor Sylvia, um, in the book, you um, talk about your foundation. Um, Mm -hmm. You were just a church baby. You were church baby. That's all you knew. You had a very sheltered life. That's all you knew. Yes, absolutely. And I want to say I was not a virgin uh, when I went there. Uh, so, although I was in church, I had been promiscuous with one mm-hmm. uh, that was in church. So, mm-hmm. I was not a virgin, so he did not take my virginity. But, yeah, predominantly I was in church, I, but I had never dealt with a grown man right. uh, before. That was my first encounter of a grown man. Right. In the previous encounter, you know, um, that was um, a, that was something that teenagers do. You know, and that was yeah. consensual. You know what I'm saying? That was in the same age category. But right. but this then transitioned into, um, you know, your father, in essence, you know, being a perpetrator. So there's yeah. definitely a big difference. Yeah. 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 And so you were living in the house and you said with several um, he had additional wives. Yes. At the time, it was already two wives there mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. And he had, and I had two siblings there uh, at the time. Yes. Wow! 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 So, can you talk about um, the time kind of shift? Um, you know, how was that during your school years? Because again, and I want to re- reiterate, you were a child. You were still in school. You know, can yes. you talk about that? How um, how you weren't even safe at school. Um, the visits that would take place at school. Can you um, share with the family about that? Yes. I uh, I had done very well in school. I really enjoyed school prior to. and uh, But, of course, because of the great shift and change in my life, uh, the relocation from Columbus to Toledo, and then the transition of relationship that I, uh, that evolved, uh, uh, he would take me to school. My father would take me back and forth to school as well as at that time. Now it's not permissible, but 
at that time, uh, parents were allowed to come and sit in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, what he would do is uh, two to four times a week, he would dress up and come and sit in my classes. Uh, not just one period, but all day. Two to four uh, times a week, Pastor Sylvia? Yes, ma'am. The whole school day? Yes, ma'am. My God. Uh, like I said, it's not permissible now, but back then mm-hmm. it was permissible. And, um, you know, his motive was to make sure that no other guys mm-hmm. talked to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some of the teachers, they thought it was like, wow, he's so protective and he loves his daughter and we love his interest in your school and things of that nature. And so, uh, so yes, it was very intimidating yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, to say the least uh, of course nobody messed with me on one mm-hmm. hand <laughs> absolutely because he was monitoring he was preventing any other uh teenage young boys from yes. from having any interest or yes. you know communication or wanting to date you or court you you know yes. he was monitor he was monitoring that to prevent that yes absolutely and so uh, and because I knew what the insider was, uh, which I was not a promiscuous person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was never an issue for me just running around, you know, trying to be the most. Right. I was always quiet. People mm-hmm. knew me for singing. Mm-hmm. People knew me for singing and choir. But mm-hmm. other than that, I was very quiet, uh, laid back. Um, didn't have the finest of clothes or what have you before I moved to Toledo. Uh, But I was always just quiet and modest. And so back to the schooling, uh, yeah, he he played an intricate part in being there and being seen, being visible. And it was also to make sure that I did not open my mouth Mm. to tell what was going on in the home. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, Pastor Sylvia, can you take us to um, where there was a trip um, that uh, you and your dad took out of state? And can you tell us what happened, um, that major event where a trip that you took um, to Nevada? Can you share with that, what, share with the family about that event, what took yes. place? Yes. Um, we went to Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, and... Uh, um, me and him ended up getting married underneath an alias name, which is a was a legal uh, alias name that he had uh, because I had taken on the last name of his name that I knew him to be. Uh, my mother signed over for that to happen, but he had another name that was legal as well, and mm. we went to Las Vegas and we got married in Las Vegas. My God. Pastor Sylvia, the 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 stepmom um, that you had that was living in the house, were yeah. the women in the house aware of this of this ceremony that you guys were getting married? Were they aware? Yes, the stepmom was aware, but it took a process to even get to that. Uh, uh, if you read the book, uh, when after I got to Toledo. Uh, the wife number two, she ended up leaving because she sensed and mm-hmm. 
you know, knew something was going to, she was like, oh, no, 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 I'm yeah, not going to be that. part of this yes. at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so she left. And so, therefore, it was just me and the stepmom there. And initially, when we had to tell the stepmom about it, what made us tell it was I had gotten pregnant my God. by my father. And um, wow. go ahead. <laughs> pastor, pastor, pastor. Uh-huh. You became pregnant by your father, your biological father. Yes. My God. And so, um, once we found out that I was pregnant, of course, we set up for an abortion, which I didn't want to do, but Mm -hmm. uh, my father insisted. So I didn't have a choice in keeping that baby. I always knew that abortion was wrong. So I never wanted to have the abortion. But in my in my book, I call it, I believe, the Nebuchadne- my Nebuchadnezzar experience. Wow. Um, whereas uh, I always had uh, terrible menstrual cramps. Mm-hmm. And so this came off as that, but it never passed. It, 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 it went past a week. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, something happened with my body where I could no longer walk up straight. Mm-hmm. I had to mm-hmm. bend over and crawl around mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. I went. My, I just my body just would not straighten up, so oh I was God. literally bent over. So I had to crawl and walk. You know, I couldn't walk. I had to crawl, mm-hmm. bend mm-hmm. over and crawl. And so that's what made him take me to the hospital uh, because at first he thought that I was just really making a show and being dramatic, but. Uh, once he saw that I really was crying right, and was not. Yeah, you were really uh, sick. Uh, it was something serious. He took yeah. me uh, to the doctor. And, uh, of course, when they was asking a series of questions, they went and asked me, I have a boyfriend. And I said no. And, and they ran all these tests. They said, we can't find anything wrong. Mm. They said, it's only one last test uh, that we didn't run. And they said, we're going to run a pregnancy test. And I was thinking, oh, God, still wasn't thinking I was pregnant, but oh. it was like, okay. And when they ran it, they that's when they discovered that I was pregnant. Mm, mm, mm. And, Pastor, you were around, was this a Marine, Marine about 16 now, about 16 years old? Uh, this, yeah, yeah, this was, yeah. 16. This, right, yes. A, a child, so, a minor. Yes, and so, like I said, I did not want to uh uh get rid of the baby but uh my father insisted and they said that it was a tubal pregnancy okay uh, so uh, that's what they said that was causing the pain mm, 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 mm. and so with those two things going uh my father was like okay you gotta get abortion and i cried i cried i cried mm. and I was like, oh, God, forgive me, because I did not want to have it, but I ended up having the abortion. And so uh, back to my stepmom, of course, she was furious because she did not know uh, that this was happening behind her back. Right, right. But then as time... No, that was my question. So once she found out, Pastor Sylvia, what was her response? What did she do? Well, it, uh, she went off. Uh, my uh, father was also very domestically violent. 
okay. verbally and uh, naturally abusive. So it will be constant fightings and arguments and what have you. So she she went off uh, big time. So uh, <clears throat> then after, um, you know, it took time that she had to gradually, you know, accept it. Well, she decided to accept it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so moving forward, going to Las Vegas, yes, she knew about it. Oh, my goodness. She was there also when it happened. My God, my God. Um, according to uh, the RAIN Network for Sexual Assault, every nine minutes, Child Protective Services substantiates or finds evidence of ch child sexual abuse. Perpetrators of child sexual abuse are often related to the victim. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are, th those are the stats. Yep. Yes. And it makes sense because the trust, the trust factor, mm -hmm. I mean, it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. um, the manipulation works better mm -hmm. when you know them, you trust them, yes. and you're yes. believing that they're not, the people that love you are not going to hurt you. And thank God it's not everybody, but it's easy to see why that is a major factor. Absolutely. So, Pastor Sylvia, moving fast forward, how did your family learn about the abuse? Well, um, according to my mother, uh, on my mother's side, uh, she said that God would reveal things to her. I had communication with my mom and then, but... I never really told them what was going on. Okay. Uh, for one, if I can digress mm -hmm. for a little bit at the beginning, before I went to Toledo, my grandfather had warned me mm -hmm. that if I went to to Toledo, that I would go through hell. Mm. But because I was a major part of the church work at the time, uh, playing instruments, taking care of children mm -hmm. in the home, mm -hmm. very uh, influential in the church, in the mm -hmm. choir, singing in adult choirs, mm -hmm. what have you. I won't say I thought he was lying. I won't say that. But I thought it was a ploy to mm -hmm. keep me there, uh, to keep me here in mm -hmm. Columbus, to keep doing what they wanted me to do. Right. <laughs> and that's what kids think. That's what kids, <laughs> you know, we as kids, we, we just, at that age, we really just know, we just really know what we want to do. We know what we're right. doing. <laughs> we think we know. Yeah, we think yes. we know. That's right. So I thought it was that ploy of, mm -hmm. you know, saying that, uh, but I knew he was a man of God. So like I said, he wasn't lying, but I was like, this is just still, using that strong word, you're going to go through hell mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, as a ploy to keep me there to, right. you know, be the second mom to my siblings mm -hmm. and to help the ministry. Yeah. So I ignored it. So, of course, mm -hmm. back to the question that you asked, I, I purposely did not uh, tell on my mother's side uh, because I knew I had made up my mind okay. to do it. And, you know, plus I knew my father was a dangerous man. And I didn't want to put them in harm's way. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. So I never did mention to them, even though I would come back here to visit my grand, my grandfather, and my mom, and they would have us to come to the church the same because he as well, 
is musically inclined and sung and played all mm-hmm. the instruments and what have you. So we would visit, uh, and still even at the, at the visits, I was heavily monitored wow. uh, so that I would not say anything. So even when I would be with my family, mm-hmm. uh, even if my father wasn't right there beside me, my stepmom would be there beside me too to report back to him if I said wow. or did anything that would expose what was going on in the home. Mm, 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 mm. And so on my father's side, which was predominantly in Toledo as well, uh, we have some here in Columbus and in Toledo. Uh, if they knew about it, they didn't say anything about it. Most of them felt like, I don't want to interfere. It looks fishy, but mm-hmm. I ain't going to say nothing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. That's the way that went on the, the family side. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, in the book, you share that your father had uh, 22 children. And correct me if I'm wrong. And um, many times abuse is not isolated to one child. Pastor Sylvia, were there allegations um, of abuse that came out later on um, with your other siblings? So far, I do not know. Okay. So far, I do not know. If it has, they have not told me. Okay. All right. So, Pastor Sylvia, um, do you feel that this traumatic experience affected um, your marriage, parenting, and even developing and maintaining friendships? Oh, absolutely. Um, whether knowing or unknowingly, because we understand that um, experiences are stored up in our uh, in our, our uh, minds, mm-hmm. our will, and emotions, and our soul. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, experiences that we all go through impacts us, mm-hmm. whether we're aware of it or not, whether it's negative or positive. Mm-hmm. There's always an impact. Now, whether we know it at the time or not. Uh, is not the point. It's just an automatic right. thing mm-hmm. that it does automatically impact it. it. You build up on those foundations, mm-hmm. even if it's a false foundation. Uh, we build up on it. We make decisions off of things that has happened to us at an early age. And even as we continue to evolve in life, we make major decisions off of our experiences. Mm-hmm. My God, my God. Pastor, you have been so brave and courageous to share your journey. What is it that you want the world to learn from your experience as we're wrapping up? Oh, oh my God, there's so many, several things. Uh, One thing it lets us to know in the church world Mm -hmm. that nobody is exempt. Mm. Uh, 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 In the church world, uh, uh, because I was saved when I went and actually... Like I said, I knew something was wrong, but I was like, I'm going to pray <laughs> and yeah. stay. I, my attitude was, I'm going to pray and stay. I'm going to pray and stay and that God will change it. But the Bible tells us, this for the church world, the Bible said, come out from among them and be yeah. separate, yeah, yeah, says yeah, yeah. the Lord. And so for the church world, it is vitally important to know that we can know things are wrong, but if we stay in it, we will be overtaken by it. My God, my God, my God. Even if we say, I'm praying my way through, yes, yes. you know, all the, uh, even at that young age, I knew the terms, the colloquialism, the, uh, 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 the famous quotes 
that the church mm-hmm. says and still stay involved. And so the only way that the enemy cannot overtake us is if we submit to God, then we can resist the devil and he'll flee. But there's no way we can submit to the devil and pray to God, cover us, and expect him to. Oh, God. Okay, I'm not going to preach that. That's good. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is powerful. uh, Also in the church arena, if I might say, uh, the other message is that, we all have fallen short. Come on. And uh, it keeps me uh, grounded and balanced. I don't regret what I went through. Uh, and reason being is because I would never be able to help the yes. church world yes. that we're in now if I hadn't went through it. Uh, because it's easy not to have compassion on people of things that you didn't go through. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, and we see it so much in church where if a person didn't go through, we don't tolerate what we didn't go through. Come on. That's good. We don't tolerate what we haven't gone through. Oh, my goodness. No. Let's support Pastor Sylvia Benson. I encourage every woman's ministry to connect with her and invite her to share her story. Um, thank you, Pastor Sylvia, for trusting me with your story. Saints, you Absolutely. have to get this book. Join us next week for part two with Pastor Sylvia Benson. If you are in need of support, please contact the National Sexual Assault Hotline 1-800-656-HOPE, 1-800-656-HOPE. I'm your host, Lady C. Remember, with God, all things are possible. You have purpose, and it's time to rise and shine. Join me weekly right here on 1580thepraise.com.